This week is already flying by. We're going to be breaking down the Wednesday slate. And Adam, I got to tell you, man, this slate is stacked with pitching. If you put me, you know, with a judge by my side, I can give a case for every single one of these pitchers. Outside of one or two of these guys, I can see a lot of these guys, you know, at the top end going for 25 or 30. I can see guys in the mid-range going for 15 to 20. I can see guys all at the bottom going 12 to 15. So the question becomes, where do you start your build of pitching? And my first bit of advice is this. Go get the bats you want. Get the prime stack you want. If it's the Yankees, we'll talk about the Yankees. It, you know, Go get them. Build that stack. Find what values you have. I would build with bats first. Get the stack first. And then go with your, your favorite pitcher Second, so I would go stack first that you're in love with, your favorite SP1 of the bunch that we'll mention, and then slide in your SP2 after the fact and build a value around that because there's a lot of value, especially on DraftKings, FanDuel the same. But right now, Adam, look, how do you de decipher between Shane McClanahan, you know, Zach Wheeler, Gonsolin, Javier, you know, this top end, you know, and you can throw Musgrove in there because I'm not really – Super scared of Coors Field, you know, with this Rockies lineup. So how are you building out that SP1, the top end of this tier? Yeah, I mean, it's a good question. And I, I don't disagree because, you know, normally how I build is I'll at least get my first stack that I really want. And then I'll maybe I'll get, you know, that one pitcher that I know I want. And then you kind of start filling in the gaps from there. So, you know, I do think, um, you know, a team like the Yankees, which we'll get into in a little bit, is probably going to be one of the primary stacks. You start there, and then let's start working our way backwards because, you know, we said it before we came on the air. Like, I don't remember a slate where we had eight pitchers that were at least 9,100, and I wanted to pitch all eight. You know, usually there's somebody in there that you're like, okay, he's going to flop, or he's too expensive. You know, there's reasons for that. Literally every single pitcher is in the article today because that's how, that's how loaded this slate is. And even the ones in the tougher matchups, like, Okay, Musgrove is in cores. Nobody's going to touch him. So, like, part of how I'm going to end up deciphering is going to be through ownership. Because, you know, Shane McClanahan, as much as I love him, if he's, say, 50% owned, like we saw Garrett Cole last night, it's easy to pivot here in GPP settings and go with a Severino or an Otani or whoever is kind of on the lesser end of the, the ownership spectrum and even, even a guy like Justin Steele, everyone's going to freak out and see a 9,200. Oh, my God, I can't pay that for Justin Steele. He's getting the Orioles. Like, as long as the you know the wind's not blowing out of Wrigley really badly, the Orioles strike out the third most times. They just got Patrick Sandoval over the weekend, you know, who who has some K upside, but he got 10 strikeouts. He scored almost 30 DK points. Like, I don't mind paying that for Justin Steele in this spot. So let me ask you a question, man. Let's, let's try to reverse engineer this. Who's got the worst matchup of this top end between McClanahan, Wheeler, Musgrove, Gonsolin, Javier, Steele, Severino, Otani. Let's let's go 9,000 and above on DK. Who's got the toughest of the matchups? Or who can we maybe, I wouldn't say take out of your player pool, but cross off the list as, hey, this is a really tough matchup. Or this matchup doesn't breed a lot of strikeouts because this team doesn't strike out a bunch. Is there a team here that we can maybe you know cross off? Well, I think the two that probably stand out from that respect is, you know, I'll be less interested in Zach Wheeler because he probably faces the most talented lineup 
Yeah. I, I would venture to say. I mean, I don't really see anybody else of those eight aces that, that draws a lineup with the town of Toronto. You could argue Otani, but with Jordan Alvarez out, that really hurts that Houston lineup in a, in a big way right now. Yep. And, then, and then Tony Gonzalez at the same time. Because as much as I've pitched him and as well as he's pitched, A, the Cardinals don't strike out much. They're one of the top five K teams against righty pitching. And B, Gonzalez has one of the bigger gaps of these eight players between his ERA and his XFIPs. Like, he has some regression coming. He's not a 162 ERA pitcher. He's 11-0. Like, at some point, he's got to take a loss here. And, you know, the Cardinals were cold there for a little while, but they're just – they're the Cardinals, man. They're just professional hitters. They just go up and do their thing almost every single time. So I think if we're, you know, if we're starting to, okay, who are we going to probably push to the side and, and be a little less focused on? I think it's Wheeler and Gonzalez for me. Now let's 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 do a little bit more engineering here. Who's got the best matchup? You know, is you know if it's you know let's compare the arm they're pitching against. So if it's you know a righty with Colorado or is it? you know, a righty with Cincinnati, which team is the best matchup for strikeout potential, eating innings, potentially get the win? Who's the guy that you think has the most favorable matchup of the bunch? Uh, for me, it's probably a top three, and that's where it gets really tough to differentiate because it's McClanahan. I don't care okay. that it's Boston. I mean, McClanahan has just torn through everybody this year. He's been one of the best pitchers by any measurable metric you can find. Um, and Trevor Story left last night. He may not even play, which would you know hurt the oh. Red Sox lineup a little bit. Um, Christian Javier gets the Angels. We've talked relentlessly. The Angels are just striking out so much. It's ridiculous. They lead against righty pitching. So, yeah, he stumbled a little bit against KC, but you know this is also a pitcher that just faced the Angel two turns ago, and he put up 45 DK. I don't expect that again, but like you know that's a possible outcome with the Angels right now. If you can get by Otani and Trout, th- this is not a good offense whatsoever. And then Otani himself on the other side of that game, this should be a pretty low-scoring contest because, like I said, without Jordan Alvarez, and even then, like, Otani used to kind of have the biggest weakness on the left side of the plate. He's kind of brought that under control because even this year, I mean, you're, you're talking he still has a K rate over 32%. Like, he, he's, he's not really got a big weakness. And in his last three starts – He's been in double-digit Ks each time. Yeah, fun question here real quick. Will Otani ever be priced over 10K on DK? Ever? Um, <laughs> There's only like a not. half a, se- half a season not. left. Does he, does he get a home matchup versus like Detroit somewhere where they find like, oh, let's make him 10-1 today. The guy just goes out there, electric stuff, and he's still only 9,100. That algorithm is broken. The guy you haven't mentioned that I was kind of surprised about as far as the matchup goes. I want to get your question on Severino here. Um, Cincinnati. Yeah. Are they, they should... are they are they a team that strike out a bunch against the right side? Because I know Severino has been a little bit inconsistent, you know, falling too many times under 20 as far as, you know, what the production says. Um, pitch count is there. Everything's there. Stuff is there. Is this not a, a juicy enough matchup to pay? this price with, you know, all these other, you know, big names around them. So the reason I would say Severino is probably in that next tier, you know, if, if the three we just talked about are like kind of the, the elite of those aces, Severino's that next step down. And it's really just because I think Otani has a higher upside for hundred dollars less, which, you know, that that's, I think a lot of people are going to agree with me there. So mm-hmm. Severino could turn out to be a pretty nice pivot, 
because he should face a bunch of righties, and that's what we want. If you look at these last couple starts, okay, like the Houston start wasn't great. I'm not going to hammer guys, you know, who kind of have mediocre starts against Houston. Then he got Toronto. Then he got Pittsburgh, which, okay, we're not a great offense, but he does not strike out lefties very much at all. His, his carry against the left side of the plate is under 19%. And if I remember correctly, he got eight lefties that night. You know, it's a tough lineup for him to reach a ceiling in that start. He didn't give up much production, but he also didn't strike anybody out. He should probably face at least six righties here at home. I, I think he gets, you know, kind of back on his, on the better side of things. And I, I'd be surprised if it wasn't, you know, 22, 25 DK points. Yeah, I think he's in a good spot. I think he'll be under own. Make sure you check out our optimizer, Win Daily Sports, to get the ownership or hop in our expert chat. We're going to give you some insight on how to get in that chat for a discount in a minute. But I want to kind of just cross one guy off, at least for my my numbers. I'm staying away from Giolito here. You know, I just think with yeah. all these pitchers around, he's the guy that just, if he goes out there and does it, he does it, not too worried about it. But the guy beneath him, John Gray against Oakland. If you got some balls and some courage, Wainwright is just—he's Wainwright. Like he can do it anytime. He pitched a complete game in his last start against Philly. He's got the upside. The price is right on him. And you saw what Barrios did against these Phillies. I'm not gonna really—I don't want to play Ross Stripling, but I can give you a case to play him. A um, couple other guys here too, man. Like you go all the way down to Watkins at 5K. Chicago's lineup is not scary as long as the wind's not blowing out. Savali, you know, 5,400, not terrible as well. There's so much pitching here, man. Who do you like from this this, this bottom half uh, the most? I, I know he might not need all the value, but go through some of these names. Tell me who you like. You know, honestly, the only two that I'm looking at in this range is Giolito and John Gray. And Giolito, you know, it's not the greatest spot for him. We know Cleveland doesn't really strike out. He has handled the left side of the plate to his uh, credit here. I mean, it's a 266 Wobo. The carry's over 37%. The FIP is 1.98. Like, when you're talking about facing Cleveland, I want you to be better against the left side because that's where their more dangerous hitters are. And even last start, man, like, if Tony LaRusso wasn't just asleep at the wheel this year, it wouldn't have been that bad of a start. He, they should have just pulled him after six innings. And the second he gave up, like, one hit in the seventh, they got to go get him. You have a pitcher who's having a miserable year. He gets through six innings. He's got eight Ks. He's only given up two runs. The second he gives up anything in that seventh inning, he should have been done. But LaRusso leaves him out there for, you know, three, four more batters, and then the bullpen can't clean up the mess. So I don't think his last start was as bad as it may look on, you know, if you just look at the DK points. He, he's still cheap enough. He has plenty of upside. For Gray, I mean, it's the Oakland matchup that we've loved to pick on all season. It's kind of funny because the last time he faced him, he kind of got beat up a little bit. He didn't even get to 90K points. But, I mean, Grace flashed plenty of upside, 27, 28, 19, 29, 20. My only fear with going down to this range, and even the guys you mentioned, is if all these aces perform pretty well and they're all scoring 22, 24 DK points, and we only get 15, okay, so you're you're now 9 to 10 points behind that you got to make it up with the bats, which is possible. But now you flip the page, and how many of these offenses tonight are really like looking that attractive to stack? Because I don't see a whole lot, really. Yeah, I think from an ownership perspective, with such a, a top-heavy, you know, slate in regards to pitching, this this seven K range and below is going to be 
five to ten percent owned. We get into like the six K five five K range. They're going to be like one to three percent owned. So there's going to be no ownership down here, and it, it makes you build differently with all the ownership going up top. So you know, there's just ways to get different. I don't mind stripling. I don't mind Wainwright. I don't mind Savala and Watkins at fifty four hundred five thousand dollars. But like you said, you know, there's not too many lineups that we're going to want to be like. Oh my God, I want to go get you know Toronto against Wheeler. I want to go get the Dodgers versus Wainwright. So. Or, you know, Houston versus Otani or vice versa, the Angels versus Javier. So there's going to be slim pickets when it comes to hitting. But before we talk about hitting, get a word from uh, from Tony here on how to take advantage of some of the savings at WindDailySports.com. Want to try out WindDailySports.com and take advantage of our summer sale? Sign off today for our special weekly promo of only $5.99 to gain you access to read all of our articles, check out our projection models, and talk one-on-one with professionals in our expert chat. Use promo code SUMMERSALE, S-U-M-M-E-R-S-A-L-E, to drop the weekly cost from $14.99 all the way down to $5.99 for a premium gold membership to WindDailySports.com. Make sure you subscribe to this video you're hitting the like button and you're checking the show notes for all the details now adam to these stacks now man like the one clear-cut stack that is going to pop off the page when we look at it are the yankees man anytime a lefty comes into new york you know we're going to want to stack it you know we're really going to want to look judge Stanton and the boys and torres and this lineup is so deep it's scary good i'm worried about them in the playoffs when, you know, hopefully the Mets make it there. It would be a very painful matchup to go through again. But talk about how bad Mike Miner is. Because from what I see, it's a home run every single game. Three against San Fran, one against Pittsburgh, one against Atlanta, one against Milwaukee, one against Arizona. Uh, he's been bad at home. He's been bad on the road. Tons of home runs. He started seven games so far this season. He's pitched 37 innings. He's allowed 12 home runs. So it's like we're guaranteed a home run, possibly two. Then you got the Cincinnati bullpen, which is complete trash. How are we not stacking the Yankees? I feel like the only reason we're not is because every other person is probably going to stack the Yankees. And, and guys like Judge and Sander are probably going to be 30 40% owned. So if it's not the Yankees, who else do you like out there? I mean, it, it's kind of hard to get away from the Yankees for sure because, you know, even if you plug in McClanahan and Otani, you can fit all the Yankees you want. And the reason I say that is because the other, you know, probably main stack for everybody is going to be the Padres in Coors Field again. We've seen it the first couple of nights that they're there. And DK still just won't price people up. But when you're attacking Chad Cool, you want lefties. Nomar Mazzaro, who hit third the other night, I think he hit seventh on Tuesday. I don't really care where he hits. He's 2,100. <laughs> like, I, I, I don't care at that point. He only takes up one outfield spot. I can still play Judge and Stanton. My outfield's all set. C.J. Abrams, if he's in the lineup, Again, like 234 hitter, 614 OPS, nothing fantastic. He's minimum price. I don't care. If I can fit in two aces and I can fit in a huge Yankee stack, I, I, I don't care that C.J. Abrams isn't that great of a hitter. He's in cores. He's on the better side of the platooning in school. Great. They just called up um, Estuary Ruiz, who has about 60 stolen bases in the minors. He's minimum price. You know, if you don't want to get all the full stack of the Padres because they're not a great offense, that's fine. I totally get that. Don't full stack them. Full stack the great offense at home against a trash can pitcher and a trash can bullpen. Use a couple punts from San Diego. And then, you know, that's where you have to pick the right ace pitchers. 
And that's where I think it's so important that it's going to come down to that tonight is you're going to have to get those two aces right. Cause I think there's going to be a lot of builds being relatively the same. You're going to have to avoid those two grenades because all eight aces probably aren't going to all succeed. You, you can't miss on those guys. And it's, it's tough because they're, they're all in relatively, even if it's not decent spots, they're all really good pitchers. We're going to have to get it right tonight. And if not, you're going to be behind the eight ball a little bit probably because there's going to be so many similar builds tonight. Adam, you know what's really shitty? While you're talking, I plugged in McClanahan, Judge Stanton, Donaldson, Torres, and Trevino, five righties against the lefty and minor. And then I can go Hosmer, 2K, Abrams, 2K, Mazzara, 2100. I can get any picture I want with McClanahan. It's it's not even so. I can get get my favorite two aces, any of the aces. With a five-man stack of Yankees with Judge and Stanton and Torres and the righties you want against a lefty and minor, and get a Coors Field stack, and these aren't like bum. Like Mazar's actually a really good hitter. He's two K. Hosmer was on fire early the year. He, he gets a walk, a double, single. He's at seven to ten points. You're you're good there too. So it's way too easy to build with these pieces. In our expert chat the other day, everyone's like, oh, "I'm going to fade San Diego." I said. Machado's cheap. You can play him. Cronin were cheap. You can play him. And then pick one or two of the 2K guys and slide them in. Worst case scenario, they get you zero to two points. You're still probably good because they're going to be, you know, highly owned and get different in other spots. And that's what, you know, was my path to success on Monday. I worked a little bit in on Tuesday, uh, but I, I was stacking other teams. Now, to get different, because I think that's going to be an auto build for a lot of players out there. You know, if you're not going with the Yankees, you're not going San Diego, you know, where's the spot that you want to attack? Do you want to maybe attack, you know, Schwarber and the boys against Stripling? Do you want to go with a sneaky Tampa Bay stack? Do you want to go with Texas, who's been hot? I've been playing a lot of Texas lately against Blackburn. You know, secondary stacks, White Sox, Cleveland. Who do you like here? I think I do I, I do kind of like some Tampa. Um, you know, when, when Kowski's – fine. I don't think he's anything special. He's not anything to fear. And on this slate, that kind of passes as pitchers we want to attack. Um, you know, stripling for sure. We can we can get um some Philly bats. I, I mean I honestly don't mind the White Sox again. I know they struggle versus righties. Savali's been really up and down. He hasn't shown like the best K potential. I mean his ERA is still over six, let's face it. So like I don't mind it, but it's going to be so hard not to have a ton of Yankees and Padres and just hope you get that right combo, man. Because like we said, there's just there's so few offenses that I'm sitting here going, oh, man, I can't wait to put three, four guys out of here in these lineups. I mean, it, it's tough to argue against it, you know? Yeah, looking at, you know, the over-unders here, something I always kind of, you know, factor in when building my lineups and trying to figure out the stacks. The over-under in the Yankee game is nine. Over-under in Colorado is ten and a half. Not all of them are posted on the board. Texas currently over under of eight. Um, Dodgers, Cardinals might be sneaky. They got an eight over under. And that White Sox-Cleveland game, eight and a half. So that's a spot that you can possibly attack too. Uh, I think Philly and Toronto, that's a game that, you know, they got power, man. So, like, there could be a situation where you get a mini stack of, you know, either side and, and Schwarber hits two home runs or a Springer or a Guerrero or a Kirk. They hit two home runs here. You know, Wheeler can get hit up from time to time. 
Not saying that's going to be, you know, a, a spot that he always gets hit, hit up in. Um, Angels, kind of sneaky. Javier has been, you know, great. Um, the other one I'll mention, Justin Steele's been really good. You know, really, really, really good. Um, very consistent. But if the wind's blowing out at all in Chicago or even yeah, if it's that, not, that changes. That changes even, the dynamic. Yeah, even if it's not blowing out, um, Baltimore's been hitting, man. Like, they've been hitting. They're under every single stack. Uh, or every every single slate here, so I don't mind them, and, and kind of agree with you on Tampa Bay. Nobody likes playing Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay. Uh, we had some ownership last year with our guy Tulak always playing Tampa Bay, but outside of him playing Tampa Bay, nobody plays Tampa Bay on every single slate, and everybody's going to load up on the Yankees here. So it could be a night too. Don't overly try to stack things. You know, if you want to go with the Yankees, that's great, but you know, find ways to get a little bit different with your one offs or your, your mini stacks here, because there's situations where, you know, the Yankees could go off and a one, one, one stack of, you know, three guys are, are the way that, you know, the one guy hits two home runs, the guy has a big day, stolen base, whatever the case may be. So the Yankees definitely clear cut. Number one, I wouldn't even call San Diego, you know, number two, uh, there's a great value slide. You know, yeah. there's guys like Cronenworth and Machado that definitely can hit, but the rest of the lineup is more for value. I like Texas a bunch. Um, Baltimore, Chicago could get sneaky as well. Any last thoughts, any value out there, any, any bets you're looking at early on? Uh, I haven't seen any bets yet, but I'm sure we're going to have some strikeout props with how many dynamite pitching options we have tonight. We'll, we'll be hitting some of those for sure. Yeah. So make sure you hop in our expert chat, use promo code summer sale. If you want to get a discount on a weekly and try everything we have to offer at windailysports.com. We'll be back covering the Thursday slate. Everybody have a good Wednesday slate, stack them up. Hop in our expert chat for bets and props and all that kind of good stuff. And we are out of here. You know, when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks. That's what our podcast. People are the worst brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.